You ready to do it again? Let's do it. It's good to see you, Trista, across the way from me. Good to see you. That's nice of you to say. <laughs> I had a headache earlier. I feel much no, better. I'm sorry. That's all right. The steak that we had for dinner. Excellent. Really helped out. Really good. Yeah. Uh, maybe we should give everybody a tip about how to purchase the best steak in the yeah. world. Because that's pretty awesome. That's like all I ever need for steak. You really think so? Yes, I really think so. Because of the tenderness, the flavor, yes. the fat content, what? The tenderness and the flavor, the ease, I think of you. It seems to be easy for you to get it right every time. It is. <laughs> That's a nice way to say you know, I with, usually screw up. With steak, it's like it's easy to not cook it enough for people like me or to go too long and then you're dry mm -hmm. and tough. But this seems like really easy for you to get right part of it is the time. cut as far as the type of steak and then the other part is the thickness that you cut the steak um, and then of course the cooking technique but those first two things come first all right let's get into this intro or this music is going to run out okay. <laughs> hello and welcome to explicitly us whether you're young old single or married this podcast is for you light-hearted family friendly and full of laughs it is guaranteed to put a smile on your face so get on the treadmill or get another slice of cake but just get ready because here they are live at the time of this recording all the way from table 19 your pizza's ready studio here are your hosts andy and trista Finally, last week, I wonder if there's anybody who actually listened to the entire outro because we were playing the music and then I couldn't, the button wouldn't work. You didn't edit it? I'm going to edit it down? No, because then you're editing the music. Like, You can't just splice it out? I'm not going to, it's possible if you, if you have like. Just like you would edit out anything else. No, because you have music that runs together, so you'd have to splice out just the right beats to where when you paste it back together, the music, True. the right notes, the chord, True. the beats, all of it's got to just come right back together. I'm not going to spend that much time. <laughs> I, they can just turn it off before they, they don't have to hear the outro. I don't care that much. But it, I thought it was interesting that the outro of the lady ended at the exact same time the music ended. Yeah. That was funny. Anyways. It's great to be back. It's great to be back. I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. I'm having a great night. <laughs> <laughs> I'm. I need some more food. Oh yeah. I was talking about you were talking about steak and. I got these. I'm hitting um, my second wind over here. I got this candy right here. What it's is one it? One of my favorites. They're I, peach rings. Oh. Do we have any other candy? There's M and M's. I don't need M and M's in my life. I love M and M's. What's your favorite M and M? Regular. You're, you, you know what? Listen, all of you that think you like Trista, this is Trista. Regular. Regular. <laughs> regular. <laughs> she likes regular M&Ms, which is fine. That's great and everything. But it's, it's me. She, <laughs> hit the microphone. Good night. <laughs> Easy with the peach rings over there. She's over there hitting the mic with her mouth. <laughs> I'm okay. So now my jaw hurts. <laughs> the, sh the sugar laugh. <laughs> All right, there are so many other M and M's out there. I think one of my favorites has got to be the peanut butter filled M and M's. Those are awesome. 
You, you can't talk because of the, <laughs> the peach ring in your mouth. She likes regular M&M's. What in the world? I mean, I do too, but there's dark chocolate M&M's. There's what else? Mom sent some the other day. Those the are, orange cream. Those are interesting. Orange cream orange M&M's. Cream. That was interesting too. I would have thought I would really like those because orange cream is one of my favorite flavors. And it just, I missed my, my regular chocolate. <laughs> Weirdo. I so I need some other food. <laughs> okay. We don't, I feel like there's other candy around. There is, but do you want me to walk over there and get the box? <laughs> <laughs> we got a box. You keep talking. All right. I'll keep talking. Go get uh, something chocolatey. Or maybe I should just have some beef jerky or something. I don't know. Have you guys ever had chocolate-covered coffee beans? Now, if you like coffee and you like chocolate, get you some chocolate-covered coffee beans because they're amazing. Amazing. Do I got it ready? Is it ready? Hold on. Let's try. Oh, man, the volume's down. What in the world? Try it again. Nope, that wasn't it. It's not ready. Amazing's not pulled up. What is this? You put all the coffee in it like a tote box. Look at this. What? Oh, that's what I need right there. Hot tamales. That's going to hit the spot. You hear this? That's going to hit the spot right there. America's number one cinnamon candy. I can do me some hot tamales. Let me get this over. My mouth's watering just thinking about the hot tamales. Do you like cinnamon candy out there, podcast world? I sure do. I'm trying not to make a bunch of noise while I'm eating. Oh, man, this is going to be bad. I'm going to be <laughs> slurping and everything. Not run into your microphone like I did. No. Anyways, last week was a great podcast. I really enjoyed talking about the Olympics. <laughs> I like the Olympics. You're ranting. Yeah. But I'm fine. You know, I mean, when it's all said and done, the world's weird. <laughs> the world's weird. The world's wicked. Um, That's all there is to it. Oh, you know what I failed to mention last week? Because of all the politics, politics, <laughs> <laughs> because of all the politics in sports, in the Olympics, I will not subjugate my children to that. Now, first, did I use that word correctly? Subject. I think you just needed to say subject. <laughs> <laughs> what subjugate mean? What does subjugate mean? Subjugate is like to put down like. <laughs> <laughs> I did not use the right word. Subject is the word I was looking for, but I couldn't find it. So I used subjugate. So close. <laughs> you all ever do that? So close. Um, I'm sorry for chewing into the microphone. This is my last tamale and I'll be done. <laughs> it wasn't that funny. It was. So I'm just not going to subject <laughs> my children to that. Um, and um, I'm sorry. I'm going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. So all that to say. That's another kind of discouraged thing about the Olympics is I would have really enjoyed watching the Olympics with the kids. I'm just, it, it gets really aggravating that you have to filter it so much, you know, I mean, yeah. we, we already proof what our kids watch pretty heavily. Yeah. 
Anyways, all right. I'm moving on from the Olympics. I'm sorry, guys, to be such a downer. <laughs> but if you if you like the Olympics, if you enjoy the Olympics, share your favorite parts. Maybe there's a story out there. You can share your favorite story with us. And if we're still ranting about the Olympics, it'll be uh, something we can talk about next week to kind of, you know, share some good things about the Olympics, something you might have heard about. Uh, Trista, if they want to share that with us, where can they do it at? Explicitly us at gmail.com. Now, we have got to, this week, make that into a button that I can just press. Ooh, yeah. Why haven't we done that? That would be so cool. And we just do it on a time when the the uh, frogs aren't going crazy outside and the crickets. Frogs and the crickets. So, yes, Jerry, we are recording this Sunday night <laughs> before Monday. <laughs> but it is what it is. Technically, we're a week early, though. We are? For this one. <laughs> oh, yeah, we are. Technically, we are a week early. But I feel much better. Uh, my headache was really annoying. And then I took some medicine, took a half hour nap. Actually, it turned into an hour nap, didn't it? You were snoring pretty heavily. Really? Yes. Interesting. Pretty heavily. I don't, I, tell me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure at night I don't snore. Not as much as you used to. When you were taking your nap, you were laying on your back. And when you lie on your back, that's when you tend to snore more. It well, opens up your nasal passages or something. Interesting. Yeah, because I, 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 my sleeping position is belly. Right. Which is weird because the, if you saw me sleeping on my belly, you would think my neck is going to break. Yeah. Because I sleep on my stomach, but then I have two pillows and, and I run my your face. you like up. You don't even really lay your head on your pillow. No, it's, it's in front of like, me, and my so my weird. head, Does my not look face faces the headboard. <laughs> right, I'm laying on my belly, face facing the board, and I ran my face into my pillows <laughs> and wrap my arms around the pillows, and that's how I sleep. <laughs> Somehow that's comfortable to you. I don't know. I don't know. I lied. I ate another tamale. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah. So I feel great. The steak was amazing. Oh, let's talk about steak a minute. So, we tried this thing. When we're talking about steak, which is a food item we love, where we live, we don't get good steak. No. No. There's also not a restaurant that serves good steak. Let me rephrase that. There's not a restaurant that serves good steak that I'd be willing to pay the price they pay. You, If you want a good steak... You're talking like a minimum of $25 to $30 for like a 6-8 ounce. Right? Explain the steak that they serve here, though. Well, there's different kinds. They, they do serve American steak, but mainly it's churrasco. And that's like a... That's like a beef steak. Beef steak. It's beef steak. Beef steak. That's different steak. That's completely <laughs> different. That's not what I'm talking about. So, anyways, it's a, it's a very... Um, um, Tarasco is a, is a fibrous steak. A lot of gristle. Maybe it's the um, the, the the tendons, uh, the the lines of tendons that makes it very tough. You got to cook it just the right way. You got to cut it just the right way. All that to said, that's like the cheap steak here on the island. And then if you want a thick steak, like a house steak, um. You're going to, you're talking 35 bucks, 35 40. Now, where do they serve that? 
at restaurants we don't go to because we can't afford them. Oh. So here's the thing. For the tourists? Yeah. So if I took you out to dinner and we wanted to go out for a steak dinner, we're talking a minimum of like, let's say just to be nice, $50. And that's low. Really, it would be 60 to $70 to go out for a steak dinner. That's just for two people, not even for a whole family. Not that the kids deserve the precious meat of steak. So we have made decisions in our lives financially that some would some would think are very frivolous. Let's be honest. Some people will probably disagree with the decisions we make. I'm very confident in the decisions we make. And that is this. We buy our steak in the store and then we really don't buy steak in a restaurant. Rarely, rarely do we buy steak in a restaurant. And I'll tell you what rarely means. Trista, we just celebrated our anniversary. By the time this podcast comes out, it was more than a week ago. It was about 10 days ago when this podcast comes out. It was on August 5th. And on August 5th, you and I went out to, where was it? Chile's. Chile's. We went out to Chile's. Oh, you didn't pronounce it right in, in either language. Chili's. <laughs> we went out to Chili's and I had a steak. It was a really good steak, but I, w- I think I paid $23 for that steak. Maybe a little bit more, maybe 27 Crazy. We, we never do that. Maybe once a year. So we buy our steak in the store. All that to say, we buy our steak in the store. We buy our steak at Costco. We buy our steak at Costco. Now, you look at the prices of steak at Costco and you think, this is crazy. But if you want to have steak, let's say once a month, which is a pretty reasonable, I think, a pretty reasonable steak intake. If you want a nice, super nice steak, you can't afford it all the time. But once a month, I think, is pretty reasonable. And so you're talking about spending $10 on a inch and a half thick steak. We're talking sirloin, um, a pretty, I don't, I don't know how many ounces it would be, but the size of your hand, let's say the size of a man's hand, mm-hmm. inch and a half thick, $10 a steak. Yep. Okay. So they come in packs of four. Do the math. What's four times 10, Trista? I'm going to say 40. That's a good 40 bucks worth of steak right there. But you're taking, now you can cook them steaks inch and a half thick, which is amazing if you do it right. Or if you're skilled, you can rip them down, pull you know in half uh, to where they're three quarters of an inch thick and you have double the amount of steaks. You can do that. It just... It's easier to not cook them correctly. Um, so all that to say, we, we've done that where we'll spend 40, 50 bucks on four steaks and put those in the freezer for a birthday coming up or something special. And, and we love that. Then we discovered the beef loin, tenderloin, tenderloin. the beef tenderloin. We discovered this and it's massive. It is huge. And it has changed our life. Now, I'm going to give you full disclosure. This thing cost 100 bucks. It's $100. It's massive. It's long. It's like two and a half feet, maybe. Yeah. 
between two between two feet and two and a half feet long. And what we do is we bring that in and we cut that into steaks. Which we need to do tonight. I know we need to do that. We probably need to do it tonight. Probably. We cut that into steaks. You pick your thickness. It's a wonderful thing. You pick your thickness. Now, I don't know if beef loin is supposed to be cut this way that I'm going to tell you, but it works because of the family that I have that hunts deer a lot. I have killed one deer and processed it, loved it. It was awesome. But the way you cut a loin, uh, one of the ways is you butterfly them and I believe the only reason is because loin is so small. When you butterfly it, it gives you a larger steak footprint. Surface area. Surface area. And so you butterfly it. Look up how to butterfly if you want. But So I, I just tried to butterfly these. And we came out with 10? No. More than that. More than that. Probably 10 bags of two, right? Like two in each. Possibly. We came out with a lot of steaks. And then you ind- we individually put them in just Ziploc bags. Like two in a bag. Two in a bag. Throw them in the freezer. And you can pull these out a few steaks at a time. I think your mom and dad should do this because if they like, they could, they could do the protein over there. And for them, two steaks at a time, they would love the tenderloin. Anyways. Yeah. Easy cut to cook. And I will say this, the fat in a tenderloin is completely different than a fat on um what's the other one I said? Whatever that other cut was. Sirloin. sirloin. A sirloin fat is is very tough. It's tougher whereas tenderloin fat is a lot softer. Like butter. It's like butter. It it really is the most tasty fat on the cow. And uh, so you don't have to trim any of it off. Just cook it right there with the steak. So we we cooked it the other day. Sorry, this is a foodie podcast, guys, but it was good. If you have a frying pan, put a little bit of oil in it. Season your steak how you prefer. Put it in there. Do both sides. I like to do them quick. So that's high heat, both sides, and then turn it down. Put a good amount of butter in there. You might even put some garlic in there right before the butter. Put some garlic in the oil, just a a few little specks from a clove. Trista's shaking her head no because garlic's been giving her indigestion lately. I don't like garlic and it doesn't like me. You actually like garlic, but it doesn't like you. You like garlic, but it doesn't like you. I agree. So... You put butter in it, a good amount, I mean two tablespoons, and let that melt down and then just spoon that butter onto the steak, right? You tip the pan, spoon it up there onto the steak, pull that thing out. I'm telling you, it takes less than five minutes to cook one of these steaks. Might even say less than around four minutes, two minutes each side. It's going to come out. It's going to be pink in the middle. I'm, I'm, Guys, I can't tell you, every single steak... Tell me if I'm wrong, Trista. Fork. No knife. Yeah, they've all been perfect. Like, I've never cooked a steak where you cut it with a fork. And not, like, saw it with a fork, but you push the fork through and the steak just breaks. Very tender. So tender. Fork tender. 
So then tonight we tried it on the grill. We made them on the grill. Um, I like them. Which way do you like better? I forgot to ask you at dinner. I like them both equally. <laughs> I didn't have a favorite. It was good on the they grill as well. Really Again, I like to do high heat on the grill. Um, flip them, get them both seared. Uh, keep the lid open on your grill so that the inside does not cook uh, as fast as the outside. And then I move them to the top rack. Um, or if you prefer, you can turn it on low, move it to the side of the grill, close your lid, and let the inside cook just a little bit. But all that to say, the steak was amazing. And and there is not a restaurant on this island that makes steak that good. I, I don't think there is. I doubt it. So get that cut. Save your money. Get it all at once. That, that lasts us for... And if your kids are like ours, they'd rather have I a corn asked dog. them tonight if they wanted the steak or a corn dog, and they all chose a corn dog. Weirdos. Weirdos. So, I mean, that saves us money. That does too. We don't have to give them the good steak. They yeah. can eat corn dogs. I'm okay with that. So that steak will last us easily three months. It lets us eat good. Eat, I think, I mean, some a lot of people say red meat's not great for you. Probably it's not. But... It's got to be better than a bunch of processed stuff. It hasn't you know? bothered me yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still kicking. <laughs> so I'm sure, I mean, my my brothers and sisters out there, I mean, even your brother, he's eating deer most of the year. Yeah. I don't think he does a lot of beef. No. But what I'm saying is a lot of the ways they save money is by eating deer. Now, we could argue they're not saving very much money after you pay for all your gear and stuff, but... Over time, you start saving money, and it's healthy. Deer is a really healthy meat to eat. Yeah. I like deer myself, but we ain't got it. No. Uh, that is, uh, let's see, the Spanish word for deer is, uh, what is it? Oh, I know it. I know it. I don't. Don't tell me. I'm going to think about it before this podcast is over. I want to say Wakato. No, no, that's not right. Um, oh, man. All right, moving on. Well, <laughs> word of the day, Trista. Hit us with the word of the day. Okay. So my second word from the Brits. It's not Wakato. That's not it, right? No, but... It's close? It might be close. Starts with a V? One of them does. Okay. Go on with your word. I'll think of it over here. Okay. Um, This word is... Convivial. Convivial. Convivial is ac- also an adjective. It means a friendly, lively, and enjoyable atmosphere, event, or person. So it, it would be a convivial party or so-and-so is very convivial. Convivial. Have you heard that word before? I haven't listened to a word you've said. I'm still trying to think of there. what the deer said. Tell me what the, tell me what the deer you word. You said you didn't want to know. We could have done this before we moved on to word of the day that you just ruined. I didn't ruin you it. You completely ruined you it. You didn't say it for me. You said it for everybody else. I'm not going to use this word. I'll be honest. Convivial. I'm not going to use the word convivial. Convivial. Can you use it in a sentence right now concerning 
our relationship in this instance? This conversation fit? is not very convivial. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Friendly, lively, and enjoyable. Okay. Give me the word. Uh, one of the words for deer is venado. Venado. No. Venado or ciervo. Venado. Um, you know, neither one. Venado, I guess, would be the one that. But I, I think I heard it pronounced slightly different. All right, moving on. So, did we play a Paul Harvey this time? We need no. to play Paul Harvey. Paul, well, I have a story. I have, oh. a, I have a did you know story. Okay, let's see. We'll compare your did you okay. know story to Paul Harvey's and see whose is better. You do yours first. So, I heard an interesting did you know the other day. And I looked it up to make sure it in fact, was legit. And it seems to be very legit. So I'm going to read off of history.com right now. Um, the story of the popsicle. So the mastermind behind this summer indulgence wasn't a marketing honcho or even a chef. It was an 11-year-old boy. Interesting. Do you need music for this? Or are I, you good? I'm good. All right. So, of course, we all understand that frozen treats and frozen desserts go way back in time. They, you know, had their iced sorbets and freeze whatever desserts. My theory. But not the popsicle. Was that it started with the Eskimos and they would freeze their meats and such. Well, that wouldn't exactly be a popsicle. We're talking like a frozen sardine, frozen liquid with a stick in it. Yeah, sardine tail sticking out. So, anywho, <laughs> 1905, an 11 year old boy named Frank Epperson of Oakland, California, had an accidental epiphany after he inadvertently left a glass filled with water, powdered soda mix, and a wooden stick for stirring outside overnight. When young Frank found the glass in the morning, the soda mixture was frozen solid, so he ran the glass under hot water and removed the ice pop using the stick as a handle. He knew he had stumbled across a great idea and kept making pops for his friends. And when he became an adult, he made them for his own children. In 1923, Epperson filed for a patent for his invention. Up until then, he had been calling the frozen treats Epsicles for his last name. Epsicles. But his children insisted on calling them Popsicles. Ah, I see what you did there. Popsicles. Ah. The latter name stuck and the Popsicle was born. Because they were made by his Pops. They're Pops. They were Kids called them him pops, pops, and so they were pops. Popsicles. The frozen treat was an immediate success, especially after Epperson partnered with the Joe Lowe Company, which helped to distribute them at certain entertainment sites like Brooklyn's Coney Island Amusement Park. The first popsicles sold for just five cents and came in seven flavors, including cherry, which is still the most popular. Popular. Just a few years after the dessert debuted, the double stick popsicle was introduced. 
It was at the height of the depression. The double stick popsicles of the devil. The height of the depression. You cannot tear them apart without breaking one of the sticks out. And the single pop with two sticks allowed two hungry children to yeah. share a pop easily. Yeah. For the same price as a single. I'm just kidding. You actually can. You just gotta. You just gotta kung fu chop it right in the middle. <laughs> You got to do a kung fu chop suey right in the middle and then it'll break. That's an interesting story. So there's the story. My favorite part was pops. the pops. I knew it was as Sickle. soon as you said it. I can see your Sickles. your face lighting up. So sweet. So um, that's a really interesting story. I don't know how it's going to compare to Paul Harvey. All right. Now see what you, you got. Know, can you give us a now you know the rest of the story? Me? Yeah. At, at the end of your story, you have to say... And now you know the rest of the story. Thank you. All right. We're going back to the Olympics because he had another Olympics. I I guess I shouldn't have said this is an Olympic story. Now we know the rest of the story. No, now you know. Hey, listen, guys. I was actually lying. This is not (laughs) about the Olympics. So ignore everything I just said. The rest of the story. You know the Judy Garland movie, the musical Meet Me in St. Louis? There really was a World's Fair in St. Louis in 1904. This was not a part of that, but there was by coincidence in St. Louis that same year something that sports aficionados agree was probably the funniest foot race in history. A long-distance foot race, such as belongs in a musical comedy, for much of the humor we owe the fact that St. Louisans just plain did not know how to stage a marathon. You see, the 40,000-meter course was laid out over steep hills and dusty roads made dustier still by a swarm of vehicles carrying physicians and race judges and journalists and half of those wagons and bicycles and horseless carriages were leading the Runners blowing the dust back in the faces of the runners, but what was amusing about the 194-foot race was a visiting New Yorker named Fred Lors, L-O-R-Z. Now, Fred was a bright young man, at least bright enough to realize that to win such a brutal race would be more physically punishing than it was worth. For indeed, the planners had scheduled the event during the hottest hours of the afternoon, with temperatures in the 90s, and the only water available to the runners was from a well 12 miles from the starting and finishing points of the race. So after about nine miles of eating dust and exhaust fumes, Fred Lors, parched and cramping, dropped. He just sat down by the roadside and he waved to the other runners as they passed by. But when the sweating, gasping, coughing procession was out of sight, Fred got an idea. He hitched a ride with the next automobile that came along. And soon he was overtaking his fellow competitors, grinning and waving to them from the passenger seat of an open car. In minutes, the runners were out of sight once more. Only this time, they were behind Fred. But then guess what happened? Less than five miles from the finish line, the car in which Fred Lors had hitched a ride, the car broke down. So Fred, now refreshed, Got out, resumed the race. Minutes later, purely as a joke, he ran triumphantly into the midst of the assembled as the apparent victor. Alice Roosevelt, daughter of the president, was there to greet him. The crowd cheered, and just as the winner's trophy was about to be presented to hitchhiker Fred, the real winner of the race stumbled into the throng. He was Thomas Hicks, a British-born brass worker from Cambridge, Massachusetts, had been given painkillers by his trainer to enable him to finish the marathon, but finish he did, and at once all eyes turned to Fred. Well, now you and I know that Fred was only kidding, but the Amateur Athletic Union was not amused. In fact, they promptly slapped Fred with a lifetime suspension from all such events. And 
It was due only to the sympathetic testimony of his rivals that the ban was quickly rescinded. Fred Lors was more than a joker. He was a real athlete. Matter of proof, the following year, 1905, he won the prestigious Boston Marathon without the aid of an automobile. And yet, if St. Louis's funny foot race of 1904 proves anything, it's how far we have come and how seriously we have learned to take ourselves in a comparatively short time. You see, that 40,000-meter race, that marathon was but one of many amateur athletic contests held in St. Louis in 1904, not as part of the World's Fair, but events that combined to comprise, quote, the games of the Third World Olympiad. That's right. Fred had hitched a ride in our country's first ever Olympics. Now you know the rest of the story. All right. So, again, an Olympic story. I know you didn't know that was coming, but 1904 was the first time our country hosted the Olympics. This sounds right. I mean, Paul Harvey said it. I'm not going to doubt it. You're going to look it up now, aren't you? No. You're going to look up when was the first world. See, he said third. So does that mean the world, like when did the world start competing in the Olympics? Because before it was Greece. Like as an organized everyone. Yeah. Let's all come together. Stop fighting for a minute. Come together. I think. Well, if that was the third one, then probably the end of the 1800s. All right. But that's what I'm saying is, was it the third? Is that what he meant in that phrase? Is it, I don't know. I think one of the most fascinating stories about the Olympics come during the Second World War. Um, I read a book. What was that book called? Um, un, un something. It was about that pilot that crashed and went. Broken. Unbroken. That's right. Very good book. Unbroken was a good book. And uh, he competed in the Olympics as a runner. And he shook Hitler's hand, supposedly. Um, And then also one night in celebration, he was walking around the streets of Berlin. I believe it was the city that it was held in. And there were swastika flags hanging from a building. And he reached up and tore one down and ran off with it. Just little, little stories and details like that are just fascinating. Anyways. You want me to read this? Yeah, sure, why not? The Olympic Games, which originated in ancient Greece as many as 3,000 years ago, were revived in the late 19th century and have become the world's preeminent sporting competition. From the 8th century BC to the 4th century AD, the Games were held every four years in Olympia in honor of the god Zeus. The first modern Olympics took place in 1896. Interesting. So that's why 96, 1900, 1904 would have been the third World okay. Olympics. And was the first one held in Greece? The first World Olympics, was it held in Greece? Uh, the first one in Olympics in Athens. Athens. And featured 280 participants from 12 nations competing in 43 events. Now, we, we also in, I want to say, hmm, was it 2000 or 2004? Was Athens also? It was somewhere around then, yes. And so my other question is, was that the first Olympic, or maybe it was 96? No, it would have been 96 because, 
it was in our lifetime. How, yeah. I, yeah, I know. I guess what I'm going to ask is how many times has it been held in Athens, the birthplace of the Olympics? Was it just the fir- that first time and then in around 2000? Or is there another one in the middle there somewhere? Do you know? Are you finding out? She's, she's fast with those fingers, ladies and gentlemen. She's Googling like, like a crazy woman over there. I mean, you could look this up yourself, but why do that when we're here? Greece has hosted the Summer Olympic Games on two occasions, the inaugural Modern Olympics in 1896 and again in 2004. You're kidding. I'm not. I actually guessed 2004. That was a year before we got married. Also, Paris and Los Angeles have hosted the Olympic Games twice. London three times. I believe it. Funny funny story about the Olympics uh, or about Paris. Uh, Great Britain hosting is I forget his name, but he's the guy that plays. Hmm, I can't think of it. He's a comedian. Oh man, what's his Does name? He play House. No, Not that one. No, this this comedian. He he was part of the opening ceremony and he and he was playing the piano, but he wasn't really playing the piano. And I can't think of what his name was, but he had a really funny bit he was doing. It was hilarious. Mr. Bean. Mr. Bean. I don't know what the guy's name is, but he plays a character called Mr. Bean, which is a very funny character to some. Uh, But Jerry probably doesn't think it's funny. Jerry Harmon probably doesn't think it's funny. But Mr. Bean's funny. Anyway, he did the opening Olympics in the last uh, Great Britain Olympics. It was funny. I enjoyed it. Trista, we forgot. Love you. Love you. Let's get out of here. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Thank you for joining us on the Explicitly Us podcast. If you haven't subscribed, please do. You'll be the first to listen to our show when it's released every Monday. See you next time on Explicitly Us.